0: Hello, listener. Welcome to Marching In, a dedicated Southampton FC podcast hosted by me, Luke Innes, and Sam Apperton. Music comes from Lawrence Norton. If you want to stay up to date with the pod and find out about future guests and upcoming episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Marching In Pod. Welcome listeners to another episode of Marching In, a very positive Marching In uh, as we end a really good week for Saints. The metaphorical studio stretching from the UK to across the pond. I'm joined by my regular co-host Sam and Paul Cox. How are you both doing?
1: Yeah, very well. Thank you after after those results this week.
2: Exactly the same, mate. Although yesterday was early morning for me. It was a 6.30 in the morning kickoff.
0: <sighs> so, well worth getting up for, for the point. Yeah, I guess made that bit sweeter when you don't lose, Coxie. And I'm sure over the last few years, you've got up at that early and not had the same results. So, decent. Sam, question for you. How many times have you sang the word yellows over the last five days?
1: It's been a few. Yeah. Hundred plus? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get, it must must be close to that. It's been a it's been a hell of a week away from home. Yeah,
0: has been. Sam uh, had a little stop off in Crewe on Friday night. He tells me on the way to Manchester on yeah this weekend. Anything to shout about?
1: No, it's very very gritty. Just a, not, not a nice little stop off there for a hotel. as uh, Manchester was a bit too expensive in the meantime, so. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't recommend Crew on a Friday night to anymore.
2: Is it as good as Brentford?
1: Brentford's just around the corner, so just uh, to me, so it's sort of a, as a means gives it more of a plus point, but crew crew's
2: definitely nowhere near as good as Brentford. Night on the tiles with Dario Gradi. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, if uh, if Crew isn't much to write home about Wednesday night certainly was which is where we will start at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium a game just dramatic mental game that we managed to win 3-2 and I think on reflection a very deserved victory Sam we will start with you I don't really know where to start to be honest with you but just incredible to come away from Yeah, that place with three points. I think under Ralph, we've not taken a single point uh, away at Spurs since he became manager. And he, he said after the game, he was happy, you know, maybe that it was just going to be one after Bergwijn's goal, which not sure how he was kind of able to compute that in his head, given he hadn't taken any at that moment. But we came away with all three. Just a hell of a performance. And yeah, right up there in terms of performances since Ralph took over.
1: Yeah, I mean, as someone who goes to a lot of away games, it's hard to, like, rank all, all of them. And that's, I mean, I may maybe more of a recent bias, but that is right up there for me in terms of, A, the, our performance, and B, just the, the whole experience of an away game in terms of how dramatic it was and winning winning against a team that, basically, since we have been back in the Premier League, that we've had like, one or two decent results against them. We've had a hell of a lot of bad luck against them. But yeah, we just just bossed them. I mean, I don't know we, we had about apart from about twenty five minutes in the second half, we were just the better team for an entire game. We were press them, we were in their face, we passed the ball around so well, we dominated the midfield. It was just an incredible performance, and um, yeah, I can't mean. Ralph said it was the best performance under him in his not three and a bit years in charge, and especially that first half. And um, you can't really disagree with it. We were just. Um, it was just, a, just a complete performance There's players in that team that, I mean, I've criticised in the past and I've not been convinced by them and they just, everyone played well. I mean, I just thought, I thought, almost thought it was the same old story of Bednarek's own, scored his own goal. He thought, well, here we go again, we'll spend another podcast moaning about Janik, yeah, Jan Bednarek. But,
0: um, it finished 3-2. So,
1: it did, yeah. The Bednarek curse was uh, almost, it's been reversed just through that own goal. So that was a, Nice little touch, and uh, there's players like Perot who's sort of um, been on the periphery a bit since he came in and not really been convinced by him. But then, I mean, we'll touch the United game later. But the um, this week he's just been sensational, I've just been so impressed with him. And yeah, it was, a, it was a hell of a night.
2: Okay, with that, because you said that sound about away games, I was thinking that the last away game I went to was Spurs away when they were at Wembley when we got beat on boxing day like 5 2. Oh,
1: my god game
2: so I pulled up I pulled up the team that played and like just basing it on the game that I watched yesterday Walker Peters he was brilliant yesterday and then when Livermento came on who, who went right wing it was was it Walker Peters
1: yeah I think, Liv-
2: I think yeah I think so yeah do you think that could work
1: Possibly, yeah. I mean I've, I've I mean I always think that with Livermans the, the way he runs forward that um he's better doing it from a deeper position. Like I know when people say about Alexander Arnold playing in midfield for Liverpool.
0: Hmm.
1: I always think he, the runs he makes and the passes he makes are better from a deeper position, but I don't I don't see why it couldn't work, especially with the, the other option we've got at Sam.
0: I think you mentioned Perrod Sam, about the last week. KWP's just been unreal for me. And I think actually, Coxie, maybe the last time you were on, it was a listener question. I think this might be your hat-trick, by the way, third marching in pod of the, of the season. Yeah, have I got a match ball? Yeah, <laughs> you should dedicate the match ball to someone. Um, KWP's just, again, yesterday he was so good, but against Spurs, I guess, for many of the home fans, thinking sort of what, you know, what have we done here in terms of our transfer dealings to effectively have Matt Dockett and Emerson Royal sort of the wooden spoon spot for that right wing back and Kyle Walker-Peters is just just seems unreal. He seems, uh, he's so calm on the ball in terms of just being able to get out of tight areas. Never, I'm never concerned when he's got the ball and there's a few of our backline that occasionally you are but Ralph Kunt came out uh, to your point about could it work him maybe in one of the number 10 positions or, or right midfield said actually in training he does that quite a bit and he does seem to just have a really good footballing brain on him that means that getting the ball with his back to goal, as you sometimes do in a midfield spot, that you don't when you're right back. And actually, to Sam's point, I I can't really help but agree with that. I I think it maybe could. I don't think we will do it, given Armstrong and El Yannoussi's kind of form in the last couple of games anytime soon. But I I think it maybe could work.
1: He compared ball competes to Philip Palm, didn't he? (laughs) Which is a uh, might be a bit a bit of a stretch, but yeah, I definitely see what he means. I mean, you can't, when he when he pushes into midfield, he's so calm on the ball. Just, I mean, another player I've criticised a lot is Aurel Romeo. He's just been, I mean, he's the last week he's just been absolutely sensational. He's, he dominated. I mean, Walprous got a lot of the the credit in the Spurs game, right, rightly so because of the, t- the two assists, but. I thought Romeu was our, probably our best player that night. He was just absolutely sensational, and he's almost adding bits to his game now. Uh, he was very, very one-dimensional in terms; of, he was a bit, bit of a bit of a bruiser, winning the ball back and not being that that great in sort of turning over possession and um, putting us on, onto the front foot. But he seems to have added, added that to his game over the last, well, probably, but I mean, even just this season, really. It's probably been helped by, the, by Diallo sort of putting pressure on his plate. He's really like come to the fore and it's, it's really good to see.
0: Yeah. I mean, Wednesday night was just unreal. You touched on it, Sam. You've been to quite a few away games. I've, I've been to probably about 20 plus fixtures maybe since Ralph has been in charge. And I think I've seen us win once. I haven't watched us win live away in so long. I think a lot of people commented on the connection that fans feel with Saints right now. And of course, performances on the pitch help, but there does seem to be a little bit of something different about us. I think we're starting to believe a bit more. I think there just seems to be a shift in the mood around the, the, the team and Ralph. He seems happier, which I guess does tally with better performances, but we just dominated, you know, a, a decent side under, a, in my opinion, one of the better managers in the league and Antonio Conte. We were, we were so good in that first half and should have been ahead, but it was just wonderful to win in the way that we did. Obviously, there's some major incidents which we can kind of touch on, but, I mean, we were far away from the incident in the away end, but the foul on Brogia looked definitely like a foul that led to Son's goal. And then the sort of poetic justice of Conte shushing. I don't really know who he's shushing at that point, but I've not really seen many managers shush the opposition off the back of, you know, a goal like that. And for us then to come back and win it was just incredible.
2: That's one thing I did see. Like when I, I was able to see the highlights when I got home after training and I was in a group message, they were kind of keeping me update with everything that was going on. They were like, I was definitely a foul in the build-up," And I was like, oh, I bet it's another controversial one, but it's not as clear as day. I, I I don't know if the I only saw the highlights, but it was it um, an issue with from the moment it happened to the ball went in the back of the net. I don't know, but it it's a foul, and like
1: yeah,
2: and I, I just again like not to go off the subject of Saints, but there's an inconsistency with VAR. The goal Watkins scored today shouldn't have been ruled off. Uh, I don't know if you saw it Villa versus yeah uh, I, d- Vicar, I did see hey, it like
0: it was such a bizarre angle that they, when they showed it initially it was like he's definitely on side and then I was like they're, they're now actually going to VAR for this but he's so clearly on there must have been an angle that they didn't show to the to the viewer it did seem bizarre though
2: yeah and then funny enough I saw it on Twitter earlier Alan Shearer scored an amazing volley I don't know if you guys saw it against Villa way back against Michael, comes over Rob Lee plays a ball from the left and he volleys it first time. And if that goal was a fantastic goal, and if that goal would have happened today, it would have been chalked off of the VAR because he was maybe a, an armpit off. But to go back to the point of the game, like, again, I saw the pictures of Conte shushing. I didn't know who was shushing either, but, and then I also read and saw were the Spurs fans above you, like throwing beers and water yeah. bottles down?
0: Oh, you
1: yeah, I mean... I, I can't remember, I don't, I think it was the song goal. I mean, I think there was some stuff thrown after the, the bird wine in inverted commas equaliser, which is quite hilarious. But yeah, it was just, it sort of made the celebrations for um, the two goals, Melianusi and Adam, just that much a hey, sweeter and be a bit more vociferous. Um, yeah, it was really well. And I know it's happened before at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I think it's for the NFL. There's quite a lot of issues with like, people throwing drinks and things like that. Yeah, there was definitely. I don't know. Well, you assume it's here, but you never know. And uh, it was definitely stopping down to towards um towards my little section, which is you we were sort of behind the goal, um towards um well not that far behind the goal, just off just off right right from the camera, went from where we scored. And, yeah, it was a bit weird, but yeah, like I said, it made it made it that much sweeter when we did did come back and win. Just shows how much character we've got in the team now to have almost. I mean, I remember the last couple of years we've had so many, like, so many times they almost, almost like something go against us. So There's been a bit of like, as oh, a decision, a, like a, a penalty decision going against us or, or a dodgy, de- just, just any sort of dodgy decision. And the, the team just almost like crumbles and just doesn't react to it. But we've been a couple of times this season now, we've had. Any sort of thing go against us, or team come back, like again, like against West Ham when Antonio came on at half time and equalised immediately, well, like on Wednesday night when um when we had that um, contentious goal where Son scored. It was just it just shows that there's a lot of character in this team now, which it's definitely a testament to a the players and b, I, mean, Ralph, we've, I know we've criticised Ralph in here in the, during the season, but the last couple of months you can't have, I don't think you can have much to grumble about with him. Really, he's just been I think it helps that he's got a settled team now. He's got a 13 or a 14 player. You can sort of name the, You can name our best team now. Maybe give or take one of the full-backs, give or take a number 10 position. Yeah, it's really good to see that we don't just crumble now and there's any sort of um, pressure against us or any sort of negativity.
2: I was, just, I was just going to add to your list, Sam, the Salisu uh, red card in the home game against Spurs in the first half. At that point, you
1: think yeah. we're going to lose yeah, yeah. the game and we, we held on? Yeah, it almost seemed to start in mean, the Leicester game last season. The best got was sent off. And everyone thought, oh no, he comes another 9 0. We managed to get a 1 all draw out but Since then, it's sort of been, we sort of reacted well together. I don't know we had the red card we with the against Chelsea. What happened to those
2: Chelsea?
0: Yeah, I think your point about the eleven, Sam. I mean, injuries obviously were a kind of a key part of our really poor early twenty twenty one form. But keeping the main bulk of that team healthy has been such a such a boost to Ralph, and I'm sure you know. I guess the club as a whole, because that eleven now is is competitive. And I wanted to kind of ask you both how maybe you feel about El and Armstrong. I mean, it's just clear how much a different sort of force we look with Stuart Armstrong in the 11 and I know the stats are mad about the amount of games that we've won without him. I'm not even sure if we we have won we have him. we have
1: we have now we
0: have, we we have, have now. now we have now yeah the Brentford game <laughs> which was the first time I think maybe even was it in Ralph's tenure Sam that it Can't be far off. Can't be far off. It was a long time. But we just looked really potent on Wednesday night. And I, I commented on this to a mate just how connected and fluid our front four looked. Like we have two players who always look threatening in my eyes in, in Adams and Broger. Their touch is good. They can hold up the ball well. They can link others well. But just kudos to El I think we all know Stuart Armstrong's talents. But those two players just in behind the front two. And again yesterday, that like Elianousi just seems to have kind of, yeah, come from really nowhere over maybe the last two months or so. Because at the start of the season, we were still sort of talking, look, what sort of player is this? What can he add that we don't currently have? He just seems really, really smart in that little kind of inside channel role with maybe Perrault going further out wide. But yeah, I just wanted to ask you kind of your your thoughts on those two performances, because I think we've got what seems to be a really connected and, yeah, and creative number ten setup. Now,
1: I mean, earlier News completely surprised me. He's just, I mean, when when I heard in the summer, oh, we're going to give him another chance, he's going to get in the team. I was like, what's what's going on here? I mean, his first, I remember his one season he had, what one full season here before. I just I just looked at him and thought, what? Was, he just that doesn't add anything. He's got no pace, no skill. He's got no just knock knock out for the Premier League. But since he's come back from Celtic this season, he's just. Looks a completely different play even at the start of the season where he's obviously got his gold at Newcastle, Patrick in the um in the League Cup. He just looks a lot more confident. And like you said, just the positions he gets into this this last week. And I mean that late run into the box. I know people moan about Spurs is defending, but I'm not here to talk about Spurs is defending because it's, it's hilarious. And um that little run into the box, the way he just drifted in, it was it was lovely. And obviously he's got got his assist yesterday as well. And um yeah, fair play to him. He's really come back into the team. He's really just added something we should, we've needed in that sort of position for a long time. It's been too long we've had to rely on Armstrong to be that our creative force in, that, in those 10 positions. But now, almost, we've got two players that, when they're fit, they're going to start in those positions.
2: I think I think with Elianusi, it kind of... I think Ralph was almost forced to play him because we weren't going to go into the transfer market. And he came back on loan and it was just like... We need to give him a go. And you think if he would have scored, if he didn't score that hat-trick against, was it Newport? Would And he just kind of kicked on from there. But to kind of go what you were saying, Luke, with those four players, I think the, the, the big thing is, is I think two of them are like-minded and the other two are like-minded and they play on different sides based on yesterday against United. You've got Armstrong with Brozier. Armstrong's just going to run his nuts off. And Brozier's just, he's, He's got that little bit of flair, and he's a dickhead. Like, and that's what I love about him because he's such a—he's the person that's gonna. I mean, Maguire got him pretty good yesterday, but like, he's gonna really like try and sell that to the referee. And I think it's the same with Elianusi and Adams on the other side. Adams is gonna work his nuts off, and he's gonna run and chase everything down. And whereas Elianusi, he has that bit of flair, but he also has a dickhead side to him too. When he tracks back, he does like to kick people. So I think you've got that balance on each side that you're gonna have someone that's gonna hound you. And you've got someone that you've got to keep your eye on. And I think that's a nightmare for, for defenders um, when you've got the same thing on both sides. Whereas if you put, them both, if you put Armstrong and Adams on one side and Elianushi and Brogia on one side, I think it comes a little bit easier to defend because you've got two of the same thing.
0: That makes sense. It does. It does, yeah. And I mean, I was down the other end, so struggled to see what happened for Brogia's goal. But you brought him up there, Coxie, again on Wednesday night. Like, I know he missed... I mean, missed a really big chance. I don't even. I think people were moaning that match of the day didn't even show this chance because I think that was sort of what sort of game it was. There was so much action on on the, in the away game against Spurs, but that big chance he he went when he went through Sam. I guess you being in the ground, it just felt like everyone around us thought it was in. And he, he's obviously yeah missed a couple of decent chances in the last few games, but he's such a threat. And I know he's not a player, and I know we don't know what's going to happen with him, but he does just look elite. Like he will. If he continues at the level he's going at, he will become, a, I think, a world-class centre forward. He's just got all of the attributes that you want. And yeah, I think we, we just now look so threatening. I know Shadams has got two and two, but there just seems to be something about the whole team that, to your point earlier, Sam, there was a belief that even when we went two and down, we were still in the game enough. And against United yesterday, we were still in that game enough to pose problems at 1-0 down, at 1-1, that... You, they, the opposition will always be worried about us, and I think we even showed it one 0 up against City. It wasn't like, you know, we didn't pose that threat with the likes of of Broder on the break, um, and that that is just something I don't think we've had for for some time now in those in those areas. But Stu Armstrong makes a, such a difference. I mean, I know we'll probably touch on the commentary game at the end of the pod, but that strike, hell of a hell of a hit. But we've just got those those players now getting in the right areas to do certain things. And the, the two goals were just carbon copies of, of one another, right? But Ralph pointed out after the game on how he's spoken to War Prows a lot about timing. So just delaying that cross a little bit to give people the moment, you know, to get into the box. And El younusi did that perfectly. The run is just lovely. I know, again, Sam, you comment on the Spurs defending, but don't really want to go over that too much. And then for us to literally do exactly the same thing for the third goal was just, just class. Anything else to touch on on the Spurs game before we move on to yesterday's fixture?
1: I just want you to say about Roja, he's just, he's like he missed those, he had a couple of chances in that game where he just obviously had that one on the wide another one to get over. He just almost, he's, you watch him watching plays, forget how young he is, and he's, he's going to miss chances. He's, I mean, he's he's not early hard, he's 20 years old, and he's very, very raw in his first senior season. It's almost like watching me think oh he's he's 24 25 he's been playing for years he looks so just threatening all the time and such an intelligent player but yeah he's not he's not the finished article yet and that's what is the exciting thing i mean we probably won't be able to hang on hang on to him that's a story for another day but if we were to hang on to him i mean what a player he's gonna be in two three years when he does get those little he's almost a bit he's almost a bit hot-headed sometimes in terms of if he gets a bit excited when he gets through a goal, snatches the chances and um, hits, um maybe hits the ball too hard and like hit the ball well over against Spurs. But when he does iron those things out of his play, he's just going to be an incredible, incredible striker.
2: say, so are we reading into him tapping the badge? I, re- I even read today that Arsenal want him.
1: I think, the whole, I think, really think nice. nearly the whole league in Arsenal. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be very tough to keep hold of him. West Ham was the the link in January, other than us, wasn't it? But, you know, uh, we've got that sort of cash in the bank with what we've done for his career, because he wasn't obviously going to get in that first 11, given how happy Chelsea were to look to loan him out. He seems very, very settled. And Ralph hasn't kind of shown that he can develop young players and he's shown that with players that Broder is now playing with who can hopefully you know attest to what Ralph can do as a manager and I think that was just something else that I felt about Wednesday night and actually yesterday somewhat but the players haven't really faltered in terms of their belief in Ralph and the system in my mind they've kept running and we've got some kind of very willing runners at the top of the pitch but it feels like when you get heavily beaten as we've done a few times over the last three seasons under ralph it can wane a little whereas now there just seems that seems to be that just real solidity belief that mentality to go with i think the tactical kind of nuances and belief in that pressing system that that ralph has which is a yeah was very much seen on wednesday night we'll move on to yesterday's fixture Coxie it was an early start for you great to come away with a with a point I think United were were good for the first 30-40 minutes we definitely always felt in the game and I know we missed yeah maybe a couple of really good openings that first half but Shea Adams scored again how did you see this one
2: yeah obviously woke up and then we're 1-0 down early and I was kind of like why did I get up for this one but I thought again I think we just like you just said Luke they they stamp their presence on the, the game early but it kind of drifted off well, not almost instantly but w- again like i just thought that the one thing that we were doing is we were just we were creating chances i think even in the second half a little bit we become a little bit wasteful i think armstrong smashed one over the bar i was hoping he'd hit the t- target there was one where brozier went on one-on-one and, one and he tried to play it across and i think he could have probably shot himself um I think the finish from Adams hasn't been talked enough. Like it's the thing that it gets me is just like I'm not comparing him to this guy, but I'm going to compare the finish to this guy. It was how Thierry Henry scored all of his goals for Arsenal. He would just go in on that kind of left hand side, open up his hips, and find that bottom corner, and it was it was amazing. I got it just got me thinking about, and you have to give Raul credit for this is the amount of patience he's had with him like he could have his first season where he wasn't scoring and obviously Ings left and he stepped up to be the main man, you know, he, he showed up in, you know, big moments scoring in the last two, two games against big clubs away from home. So, and, and Sam kind of spoke about it, about the Spurs game. There was players, I, I text Sam every week and I said, Peru, shit. I thought he was good yesterday. I thought, I'm not a Romeo fan. thought he was great. Um, Salisu's a rock like I'm scared we're going to lose him and in, 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 uh, I don't think Salisu or Salasu, whatever his name is I hope there's two of them you know we need to keep him <laughs> like I think that we've people say Arsafampton oh, are producing good centre-backs like we've had Font and Van Dyke and Lovren and Aldorell for a season but we, we went a couple of years without one and I think we've, we've really got one, one back now um, I thought Vestergaard was poo and I think that's kind of showing now you know, of today, but I think we've actually got a centre back where you go, he's a brick wall. And then the other person I think we've got to talk about is Fraser Forster. Like is he definitely is he leaving at the end of the season? Is he that save he made of Harry Maguire's head there. His contract's over yeah. there. Is he is he said he's leaving or are we not offering <clears> him?
1: <throat> I mean the- it's not been officially announced yet. It's chat that McCarthy signed a new deal with Forster isn't go. I mean, if it was up to me McCarthy would be out of the ball and Forster would stay. I mean if Force forces not a state as number two. He's he's a better. I've, I've said that ever since McCarthy came into the team after that Spurs game, obviously your last away game after he came into that team. I thought McCarthy's got a high, nowhere near a high as high a ceiling as forces. Thorsten. Forces always going to be a better goalkeeper when they're both at their best, and he's shown that since he's been back in the team, he's such a such a better. Better team. He had that one dodgy moment at Wolves where we can kind of claim that cross when Ponicoli scored. But other than that, he's been brilliant. Yeah, like you said, that save from Maguire. I mean, obviously, you the away end is, old traffic, it was quite difficult to see what had happened. Like, he might have hit the post or something. The way, the way it like, sort of bounced out because of the way he scooped the ball, he's quite, he's quite um, adept at that from time to time, forced. But um, yeah, it was a sensational save. He's Really find he's the best he's played since uh Cuba's last season by, by mind.
0: He's been great, just to add to what you've you've both said. He, he was almost patient with the save. And it's kind of a strange thing to say, but he ensured that he timed everything to perfection with getting a strong enough palm away. And that technically is so different to what you see with McCarthy. Like he I, I mean, if I think if he took a bit more time over some of his saves, like there's been shots that just go through him where he's either dived too early or like not moved his feet quick enough. There's just been like times where technically, and I guess, Paul, you'll know a bit more about this than we will, but technically as a goalkeeper, like Forster is just so much better. And it's so nice to have moments where you're like, fucking hell, our keeper's pulled off two good saves and they've claimed the cross and look relatively competent because... We just haven't had that for what feels like years.
2: Yeah, I think you said it there. I was going to say it as well, just the way he kind of collapses his body and where the ball bounces and his hand meets it. It's just, it's a great save, but he makes it, for me, he made it look really easy as well because he gets his, I mean, he's got spade for hand and massive hands, but he gets it down and and then just to palm it into where it needed to be. I just think the technical breakdown of it is like, it's spot on. Like it's, it's a a tough save that I think he made looking, he made look somewhat easy, like comfortable, I should say. Not easy, but comfortable.
1: One time yesterday, nervous is when, when did he, was it on the 90th minute just after that? He caught the ball. And sort of bounced on the floor it was right, right after that save, it. Sam. It yeah. Right and he's, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's trying to like usher, is it Fernandez? He's trying yeah. to like usher him onto it. I mean, Fernandez is very close to nicking it off, him, which would look very foolish.
0: Of. If you see that again, I don't know if you've seen it back, but if you see it again, Fernandez basically does get like a clean connection on it. He just yeah. he like kicks it almost more into Force's hands than it was. It's, I mean, I don't know. It's almost like a form of sort of showboating, but it was bizarre from from Forza. But not much has been made of that like incident with Ward Prowse. But how did you see this?
1: It looked really weird. I mean, I didn't sort of have my eye on who was, I think it was during, was it during a throw in or a.
0: Yeah. It was. And
1: all of a sudden, I caught my eye, you can see. Fernandez and Wal Prowse have a bit of a barny, but he definitely has a little swing in him. I mean, if he connects, he's gone. I mean, if it's the other way around, Wal-Praz, I mean, they'd be paying for blood at Old Trafford if Wal done the same thing to Fernandez. But there's a couple of times, I mean, obviously it happened early in the season. where There's that brilliant image of Stevens having a go at Fernandez. I mean, I'd love to know what he's saying to him. But um, they're just trying to referee the game. I mean, Maguire does it. I mean, there's, a, there's an image I saw today. I mean, I'm, I think it's when um, Popper got booked yesterday. There's just a little crowding around Stuart Atwell, Popper, Fernandez, Lingard, I think it was there, Maguire. It was
0: also the offside, so, Sam. I, I mean, you might not have seen this given you were there, but the offside decision, I mean, like the whole, basically the whole team was offside for the goal yes. that Ronaldo scored. And Sancho also, I think, flicks it on to make him even more offside. And he then has the fucking gumption to go. I mean, I despise Ronaldo with a passion and he is so washed. Like the guy looks awful. Like he can barely get a shot off. And also his chance where Perrod is like, he could have brought the ball down and done a few keepy-ups that his shot was that weak when he rounds Forster. But Ronaldo has the gumption to go to the referee and, and say, I wasn't offside. And it was like the most blatant offside decision ever. And I think the crowd aren't helping probably a little bit agitated they just, they didn't seem to play football really for the for the second half. And I thought first half they were actually pretty decent. One of maybe the better performances under, under Rangnick for like 30 minutes. Sancho makes a difference to them, but they're just such an annoying side. So few likeable players.
1: Yeah, it's just like, I mean, I saw Gary Neville tweet that um this is not the way to chase a game. You get in um losing your discipline, you get getting annoyed you get getting the referee's face, you're getting stupid little yellow cards. So I think we had no we had zero yellow cards this thing, right? Um and they had four. I think I know their fans are getting very annoyed about that. I think a couple of our players probably could have been on probably could have been booked, but yeah I mean Rashford did a quite a bad tackle early on, didn't he was, he? was lucky to I mean they, they did one later on he could have had a second yellow card. Yeah.
0: They
1: were just they were just getting rattled. It was really weird. They should be I mean there should have been banging on the door trying to trying to score a goal instead they're just trying to be yeah, aggro with us like Romain clearly annoys them I mean it's just I mean as much as I love Samantha we, we are just Samantha and they're supposedly the greatest football club in the world <laughs> they're getting annoyed with little loves, they, they don't I know they, that's weird because they've got a good record against us they've had some, very, they've had some great victory other than the 9-0 they've had, they've, they've had really good results against us in the last Six years into being there. But they don't like playing against us. They really don't.
2: They're a weird team at the minute, I think. The atmosphere around it and just like... I don't get the, like the, the Ragnick higher, to be honest with you. Like, Solskjaer was poor. But like people talked about Ralph Ragnick like he had invented football. And, <laughs> and they bring him in. And he's just like... They've just been poor and I think... With you, you said it, Luke, with them having so many unlikable players. If we if we see it as outsiders, you've got to imagine there's some truth to it on the inside. And I think they've brought in Ronaldo purely for the fact that Man City wanted to sign him and now they're putting all their kind of eggs in one basket and hoping that he's going to be the saviour. When he does I think, so, I think, fit. On, I think City, I think City have done him. I think
1: I don't think I don't think he'd never have played for a pep team, would he? Let's be honest. Yeah. No. Now it would never fit in that they they didn't City did him with Fred. There was this rumors that City wanted Fred all those years ago. They did him with um Alexis Sanchez I and mean, he was an absolute floppy at United. They've done him with Ronaldo. They, should, they, bought, they keep buying players that don't need to buy. Obviously Sancho now just, I mean, I was really impressed with him, especially the first time it's sort of the player they, they wanted to buy. And obviously they don't want to turn this into a May United podcast, but <laughs> yeah, there's just they just buy players they don't need, like Ronaldo. They bought him just because his shirt sales. They just—they're just—they're just a, a social media club now. It's just they're supposed to be challenging the tiles. They said they're like I saw. It, they tweeted out today. I'll watch Paul Pogba's best passes from the game. It's just weird. Just yeah. such a weird thing.
0: Yeah, I think I'm with you on the Rangnick thing, Paul. Like, I think it was Michael Cox on Twitter, but said if I told you that a Premier League club were hiring the current mould manager, which Solskjaer was at the time, and the director of football at Locomotive Moscow. Like, who, who would you think would be making those appointments? Like, it's certainly Watford. not... man. Yeah, exactly. You know, a Watford, like, a Brentford, I don't know, Swansea. Just, like, it, it does seem bizarre. I think he's even joked recently that he might be, you know, choosing the successor, given the role is to then go upstairs as well. So, all, all seems very, very bizarre. But actually... I thought for the first 30, 40 minutes they gave us a, a very good game. But back to us, I just felt that we were always in it. There are a few moments where kind of the ball flashed across the face of goal. Shea Adams, I think, got caught ahead of, of the ball where Walker Peters was like knocking it back down to him. Armstrong has that weird one which kind of looked like a really good chance, but actually the ball was dropping quite slowly, tries to volley it close to the end of the first half and did over, over the ball. Yeah, he just couldn't get over it exactly. Um and it's just a really good, competent performance from us again. And like all across the pitch, we just looked so well balanced. And to go to United, and I know they waned in terms of their intensity, but off the back of Wednesday night, it just feels like we're a proper football side now. And I guess thanks to um, yeah Vestergaard's inability to defend and Craig Dawson's late goal today, we're still 10th in, in the league. We're in the top half of the table. And actually, Paul, to bring it back to you coming onto the pod for a third time, just felt a million miles away from us putting in back-to-back performances like we have this week, and just being really, really tough to beat. Like, I, I genuinely don't fear us going to any side at the moment, and no, and coming into these three fixtures of City, Spurs, United—all three teams that we haven't lost to—and we've played them, you know, two two times a piece now. Like that is just feels so so positive right now, and and yesterday's performance was testament to that. I thought. I genuinely thought we were the more likely to win it as well. There's that move we put together. And, and Sam, this might have been right in front of you, actually. But it's the Armstrong one that he he puts over. We put yeah. together such a nice move. And you just trust your Armstrong to always like strike it relatively well. He just blazes it over. That felt to me like the moment that if we're going to win it, we, we were going to take that chance. And annoying that we didn't win it, but really good performance again. There's a couple of times
1: where Brogia, like got into positions where he just thought, have a shot, have a shot. Like, it might take a nick off someone. It might like go through De Gea. Just took, took an extra touch a bit too often. I know, I mean, I've, I've not seen it back yet, but not, I've seen an image of Maguire stood on um, Broger's shin. like stamp, like looked like a stamp. I don't think it was a red card or anything like that. But it was like a pill. penalty. Did you see that, back? Paul? Because it's the
0: penalty decision that Broger kind of does him and then is in. I don't personally think it's a stamp. I don't really rate Maguire but I don't really I think he's just walking or you know to, to get yeah. the ball and just and just lands on Brozier. and Broja is writhing around but I don't think there's any intent there. No and that's what
2: I've kind of said earlier about Broja I like about him is like he'll milk it like he could he'll go for the Oscar every single time and he'll give you that 1% more chance that you might get something. And that's something I like about
1: the, something from the Spurs game. Obviously going back to it now that I remember, I think Dan Sheldon said it on the Total Saints podcast that every nearly every Saints game, one of our players will go down in the 60th minute or there yeah. or thereabouts. So the players can go over to Ralph and have a chat. And right on cue at what at Spurs last, um, last Wednesday, I think it might have been Adams went down with like supposed cramp or. Or whatever. And um, yeah, and off they went over to Ralph. But, although it didn't really help because five minutes later, Spurs scored.
0: You know what? Until that got mentioned on the pod, Sam, I think you're right. I think it was Sheldon that said it. I hadn't I hadn't really noticed it. But then when I thought back, I was like, we do do that a lot. Is it a product from. We obviously had a great project restart when there was the drinks breaks. And Ralph used to give a lot of instructions during that. And we've just kind of brought back our own drinks break.
1: Yeah, it just seems um, very, very. It's a, Another like shit house thing to do for us, which I quite like that we're becoming becoming a bit of a narky team to, team for people people to play against, rather than like three four years ago, such as nice little team to play against. But now we're we're a little bit annoying for teams now, which is quite nice.
0: Shay Adams two and two, he's now on six goals for the season, joint top Premier League scorer with Broder and Ward Prowse. He scored nine goals last season, all of which are non-penalty goals, by the way, which I, I guess from my perspective, penalties are just like stat padding. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know they count, but for a striker like Shea Adams, it doesn't take penalties. I think nine was an OK return last year. I think, you know, it's going to be really tough for Adam Armstrong to get back into this side right now, isn't it? I'm surprised
1: it's taking this long to speak about Shay Adams scoring two goals. this what <laughs>
0: Hey, I, I mean, look, Coxie's is. doing my job for me. He's compared him to Thierry Henry. I can't do any more than that.
2: <laughs> Finish was like Thierry Henry. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get tweets on the podcast. Why are you comparing? Well, his name is Chele, so, you know. Exactly, exactly. Uh, he just I he think, just looks I great.
0: Think- we've, we've done so well, Paul, to your point. Ralph's done so well, I think, just to like take a bit of the heat off him. But like, he, he he, could have been the sort of striker that just faded into back into the championship. I guess that one moment against City sort of ignited his career, you know, ignited his Premier League career, for want of a better phrase. But he, he just now l- looks so good up top for us. Uh, you know, I've always rated him as you two well know, but like he's, he just seems to have so much about his game. And if he can add that killer touch like he did yesterday, then, yeah, just class. Yeah, you almost oh,
1: like that. the same thing happens with Adam Armstrong, where he has, he's had a tough first uh, season. He's a couple of goals hopefully he can sort of go the same way as Adams and turn into this Premier League quality striker that Adams is now. And also, like, I mean, I don't think the header from Wednesday got enough love. It was a brilliant header. It's like from a standing start for him. It was just such a good header. The way, like, I mean, I'm not Lloris' biggest fan. But he is he's a, he's a, one of the more consistent goalkeepers in the league over the last few years. And he um, just gave him no chance. It's such a brilliant header, obviously a brilliant cross, but yeah. It's great to see those those two different finishes this week, but both brilliant, both absolutely brilliant as well.
2: The you worry that we game. got the wrong forward from um, Blackburn. Should have got Beryton Diaz. <laughs> what a yeah, story think, that is, by the way. That's a conversation great, for it? another it's time. great.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so good. I mean, I think he'll play in the Prem, whether it's with Blackburn or otherwise next year. Unlikely to be with us, but yeah, he looks very good. Right, chaps. We will quickly touch on the Coventry game. Feels like about three years ago now um, that we survived what was a bit of a bit of a strange selection, I think, from Ralph. I feel like the cup is there for us to to go and do some damage in. But yeah, certainly not our best performance. We came through it. We faced West Ham in the next round. Anything to to call out here? I thought Coventry were pretty good first half. We Once we brought KWP and Armstrong on second, regained some control. Um, hell of a strike from Stuart Armstrong just I've watched I don't think I really appreciated how good it was in real time I was like that is a fucking hell of a strike I've watched the gift back maybe about a hundred times
2: every angle yeah
0: my thing for the FA
2: Cup now is I think that you look at following this week getting four points in these big games we're sat in 10th my biggest question is that was the team selection against Coventry like I get it they're a league below but they're, they're flying. Like, I remember we, the first part I was on with you guys, Luke, you mentioned even Mark Robbins is the potential. If Ralph was to go, he would be a potential um, replacement with the mm. job he's done there. And I think rightly so. I'm going to say this. We're safe. We're not going down. We're 10th. We're not going down. The three teams in the bottom three right now are dog shit. They're, they're, they're terrible. As a as the club like ours, we need a cup competition and we're in a very good position, what we're in the fifth round, West Ham at home. Mm-hmm. Yep. We need to we need field the team we played yesterday. We don't need to field Shane Long, Thierry Small. We, we need a cut run, and we need something to kind of look forward to. And I think that and this is one thing I don't get, and this is why I kind of mentioned before, let's talk about the FA Cup and cup competitions. I've never understood, we did it against Coventry, and clubs do this all the time. Why do you change a goalkeeper? Like why is? Mm. I mean, he made a couple of good saves, but why? Why does Caballero play? and like for Chelsea? Like Kepper goes and plays and Dean Henderson, but it doesn't. It's the one position it just doesn't make any sense to me unless it's in their contract because they can. change why, why are you putting the player in a, such an important position that hasn't played games into a game? Like I just and I think for us, if we're going to play West Ham, Forster needs to play.
1: West Ham game I can't we have to play our strongest team A now the position we've got ourselves in with in a position of comfort in the table and West Ham are a bloody good side they'll be going all out strong with the cup as well I know they've they've got a good chance potentially a good chance in the Europa League this season but um, yeah they'll be going all out to beat us we should be putting out our full sides and um, it's just a shame that no one really I know obviously United and Arsenal are out it's just big teams all avoided each other didn't they like you could have done with the City you know, Chelsea you could have done with the Liverpool playing the playing Spurs but um, yeah it's um, I don't know I think it was a massive missed opportunity in our season like I mean I, I think the whole rest of the game last season was just a massive down squib and we sort of 0-1 to the, to the FA Cup almost like to, to our fans we, just, we completely took a day off that day didn't, didn't bother but uh, we've definitely got a chance of going far this year in the cup. It's just a little bit of luck, and we have got a decent home drawing against West Ham. So you just, you just never know. And I mean, one thing that's missing from watching Saints in my lifetime so is to see, see, see us win a cup. I mean, and why, why not this year in the FA Cup? Who knows?
0: Yeah, I'm in agreement with both of you on that on that front. I thought Ralph's selection was was bizarre, and I'm you know, yeah, very much <laughs> in the Ralph fan camp, I think, as you both know, and, and I think he's doing an excellent job. But well, I think if he wins us, it's ludicrous to say, given how long we've gone without a cup, but if he was to win us a trophy and potentially by the time he, he kind of leaves us or quits football, as the rumours were, over the last week or so, he'll go down as, in my opinion, one of our greatest ever ever managers like that well that will be that would be huge and maybe even just to get us to another final because you're right sam about last season It felt like such an opportunity but it's a weird season would i've wanted to want to you know if we could choose when you would win a cup it probably wouldn't be in those circumstances and that semi-final was terrible against Leicester. but like football is is back proper football is back saints uh, are in such a good spot now with the new ownership and where we are in the league And a little segue into our next couple of fixtures. We play Everton and then Norwich before we play West Ham. So we could be in a better position than we are now in the league. So I feel like you know, we could be going to that fixture thinking, God, we've just, you know, in my opinion, we should be aiming for six points out of those upcoming fixtures. We'll be like beyond safe going into that West Ham game. We have to play our best side.
1: Yeah, I mean, our next two games have. Very winnable. We've got a good home record this season. I know we, we probably should have won a couple more games than we have, but I, mean, I know Everton had a good win yesterday against Leeds, but they're an average side. They're beatable. They've got some good players, but you look at that fiction the average think, manager. Yeah. And then the following week, Norwich at home. You've got to be looking at at least four points, possibly six in those games.
2: Definitely. I think it's going to be interesting for us as well because we've just played two top six sides. Who are on? They're in bad form. You know what I mean. We've taken advantage of that, which is great. Now we're going to play an Everton side who are rejuvenated. So it's a different. What's the word I'm looking for? It's a different kind of test because we're going to. They're going to have energy under Lampard. I know they lost to Newcastle, but they just won three 0 yesterday. So it's going to be interesting to see how we handle that. So you look point minimum there three minimum against Norwich. I think four, but you're right. I think six should definitely be achievable. And I think Lampard's a fraud, so it should be six.
0: From the away fixtures in both these games, we've picked up zero points so far this season, which, you know, feels like we have to write that. But to your point on it being a different test in terms of the sort of club and the form they're in, I think tactically it's a different test. And I was reflecting on this over how much we created in our last two matches. I think we do create a lot more against teams that kind of want to play. And I appreciate both Conte Spurs and, and, and Ragnicks United are in kind of a state of flux right now and they're evolving kind of situations at both clubs. But if they, they felt like fixtures that actually to under Ralph are pretty good at pressing high and being able to find gaps. These are two different, these will be two different games. I don't think Everton will go there and look to properly attack us. I think we've got to find new solutions to the sort of fixture that under Ralph occasionally we fall short on.
1: There's an expectation now as well. After those after our last three fixtures, all of a sudden there's an expectation on us to, to go to these games and, and win at home against Everton and Norwich, who are both both struggling this season. So just it's a completely different challenge to what it was against City Spurs and United, where we're not expected to win.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where do we want to leave this? Anything else to to talk on before we finish up? Oh, I can't think
2: of anything. It's been a positive experience.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Coxie, to hear the words we're safe come out of your mouth. I did not expect that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I look, you were...
2: looked at, to be fair, I looked at the league table because I wanted to about the FA Cup and I was just like, we're safe, we're not going down. And I think that we've survived the last three seasons for teams being worse than us. And that's still the case, but we've have we've kicked on. And I think Sam, I said it to you over Christmas. I think the big thing too, is like, and again, like, I don't want to, um, I don't know how true this is, but it seems that Ralph does really well over the festive period and gets us out the other side. Like he did it a couple of years ago against Chelsea away. We won. And then Villa, I think we won as well on the road. Um, Trying to think when he Mm. first came in, it was Arsenal, Huddersfield. Um, He just seems to do a really good job over like the Christmas, like a lot of activity, like we spoke about. And I think I text you Sam. I was like, he he seems to save himself around Christmas every single time. Because with this, with Spurs, West Ham, and it's it's kicked on now. You know, for this week, just gone. I mean, we're only just out the other side of Christmas with that winter break we just had.
0: Yeah. I think we've lost, what have we lost, one in nine? Is that right, Sam? Is that Wolves game in, is the only one? One, t- one in ten in all comps. Or one in ten in all comps, yeah. And that game, I mean, Roman Perrault was kind of a whisker away to from from equalising in that game away at Wolves. And then we kind of leave ourselves oddly short, um, as we sometimes do, and, uh, and and we lose. But, yeah, I think we're just in such a good spot right now. And like you say, Paul, there are, I mean, it's not even about the sides actually that are worse than us for, for me at the minute. like we, we should be looking up that table. I think it's maybe going to be a bit tough to reach Brighton who are above us and, and are kind of going strong under Potter, but which is just, just a really good place to be. Ralph is just looks like maybe a year's, sort of come off him in, in the last week or so as well like he's yeah. he's aged so much i don't know if anyone saw the pictures from when he first joined recently because obviously the rumor around him may be hanging up his his uh yeah, metaphorical sort of coaching boots um the the, the end of uh was it 2024 but he has aged jesus christ a lot in the in the years he's been with saints and that all what you know managing us will do to you perhaps but he just looks really happy that sort of cheeky Ralph that I'm I'm not like scared for his health as I've been at points during the season, Sam. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's looking very positive at the moment. It's almost uncomfortable with say safe to be this
0: positive. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I don't know if the media just don't watch our shit games where we lose like one nil to Wolves, but everyone thinks we're like, we we are the sort of crowd pleasers. And I guess for some of the big games, we really are. We obviously have sat through a lot of really, turgid horrible affairs where we can't create a chance under Ralph but in those big games we do entertain and I think we've kind of shown that in our last three results but yeah great place to be great to great to speak to you both anything to wrap on
2: Nice. we're happy yeah me too mate
0: lovely stuff Coxie, where are you at in the season? Are you mid-season? Are you pre-season? What's the story? Um, Off-season, actually, mate. It's, okay. um,
2: so the, America, the American season for for university runs in um, autumn. Well, they call it fall over here. So it's August to um, it's August to November sort of time. But so we, act, we get spring season as well. So we've got five games coming up and we're actually going to play race in Louisville. Um, they're a... Uh, uh, what is the league called? NWSL team. It's the professional women's. Oh right. It's like the women's super league, yeah, and yeah, yeah, It's good. and they start their season I think in March, and they we're going to play them in their last
0: preseason game.
2: Nice. So hopefully, <laughs> don't <Right>. get smashed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is there going to be a big golf? Yeah,
2: um, yeah, yeah, uh, but. We've got, we've got players, I think, that could play at a level. So I just think it's going to be good for them. To, it's going to be good for us from a recruitment standpoint because they've got a youth club there, like an academy that we want to recruit out of to get mm-hmm. players. We've got players that want to go to the next level and they might need to see where they're at. It'd be a good kind of um, measuring yeah. stick benchmark
0: for them. Nice, mate. Well, good luck and enjoy the marching match ball. It's been an absolute pleasure, Sam. We will be back on, I'm sure. Uh, so we play Everton Norwich. Then we've got West Ham on the Wednesday. We're going to pod just in the couple of days before that. So listeners, stay tuned to our social pages for for noise on that. And uh, yeah, thanks very much for staying the course. And speak to you all soon.